Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Sorry about the noise. My neighbor's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, someone that knows all about the roots of rugby is Joey Wheeler. And Joey would have been probably listening to that conversation. Joey, good morning. You are our McCafe coffee catch-up. And, well, you don't mind a McCafe and a burger too, mate. Good morning. Morning, Dagger. Yeah, you know, the McCafe uh, coffee ketchup that sort of throws me back to uh, last year when you and I were cruising the country in a caravan, and our sort of breakfast <laughs> of champions consisted of either a pie, well, a pie, a couple of pies, and a, and a coffee at some stage. And geez, we were we were in some nick by the end of that two weeks. But yeah, to Dino's point, um, yeah, I I, I, um, I think he's he's not far off, obviously. Mm. Um, some frustration and some, some good passion. Um, obviously, some passionate callers of your show, Dagger, which is always good. But it is yeah. it is tough um, these days because um, as Super Rugby franchises, they're all they're all looking younger and younger now to to recruit um, straight out of school. So yeah, yeah there is um, the pathway seems to be pretty fast tracked um, as opposed to probably in our day, um, Dagger, where we we might have started uh, when we were twenty. These kids are getting recruited. Um, as 18, 17, 18 year olds uh, to Super Rugby mm. franchises, and um, sometimes, in many cases, um, not getting the opportunity to make those mistakes um, in their later teens and learn from them before they become fully fledged professionals. Um, how do you strike that balance? I don't know. It's becoming yeah. a young man's game, and it's pretty hard to to not um, to not go down that route. But I think those guys have got to have the ability to learn learn from those older athletes that are that are in the NPC. That's what um that's where we learned our craft and, and, and loved yeah. it. Uh, and I and I'm if they don't get that opportunity it's, it's sad for them. Yeah, I I love that point, Joey, and, and I've been uh you know, voicing it a few times about these school kids, they're at school, they're getting plucked from school, so they're totally missing that opportunity to play in the provincials and <laughs> becoming professionals before they've even lived. And I think it might be affecting the, the provincial game as it is. Am I right, mate? Yeah. I, 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 you used to know, like, I, I think um, the, the hard thing is that these kids now, um, especially out of some of these um, high-performing schools where they put a lot of resource 
um, around these first 15 teams, there's a lot of expectation yeah. from those kids that this is the norm. So they go from, um, let's say, some of these top four sides and, I, I don't know, 1A competitions where they've got amazing resources. Like, I've been around some of those schools and the resource that and the facilities that some of these um, top 1A schools have got are better than um, the majority of super rugby clubs in this country. So yeah. a, a bit of an eye-opening experience for these kids when they leave school and they go down to their local club where they've got nothing, right? You're just going down there for the mm. love of the game. You're turning up Tuesday and Thursday nights and you're, you're slogging your ass off and you might get a feed in the club rooms afterwards. That's about it. But you go from having to wear all the kit, um, having trainers, having water boys, having physios, to you'd be lucky if uh, club sides have got physios these days uh, at, at your yeah. Tuesday, Thursday trainings. So um, you go from a really well-resourced team to um, mm. that reality at uh, club rugby, guys are like, what? This, is, this isn't normal, <laughs> but it is the norm. Yeah. And they get so used yeah. to that yeah. uh, elevated environment that they forget what it's actually about. And they also have an expectation that they go from high school rugby to being starters in a premier team um, for, for mm. clubs, which, as we know, you need to, you need to earn, your, earn your stripes, um, Dagger. So, yeah, it is, it is a tough one. And um, I mm. think that's sometimes also really hard on kids because then they get into the professional environment. They might start getting some success, but then they drop out of form, they lose form and then they get dropped and they don't know how to handle it because they haven't had, yeah. they haven't been given the tools um, through either club rugby or NPC rugby to be able to deal with those disappointments. So mm. um, but they're not they're not well equipped enough to in their, just in their general life to be able to handle those disappointments which are just, every athlete goes through them. So yeah, I think they need to strike the balance uh, get the balance a little bit better. I think with this um, under twenties tournament that they're doing with the super franchises yep. um, that started last year, I think that's a step in the right direction to get a little bit more of that um, of a of a pathway to break up that maybe between school and NPC rugby, so that there is another step, mm. so that they've got some understanding around the uh, the demands of professional sports and the expectation because. Sometimes, you know, it's everyone's dream to be a professional rugby player, but they don't understand the demands and the expectation and then what comes on the other side of that as well, the disappointments. So um, you've got to equip these kids right so that they can handle all that. Yeah, I love that, Joey. I love those little insights from you, mate. Hey, I want to, we've, we've talked about, I know you're very passionate. I've, I've had conversations with you before about the Silver Lakes deal. With the current state of provincial rugby, does the Silver Lakes deal come back onto the cards with how teams are struggling? We, we, I, I know I brought you on to talk Ranfilly Shield. We'll get to that in a minute. But the Silver Lakes, <laughs> it, is it a is it a possibility to make a comeback now? Oh, uh, well, yeah. I think it's always been in the in the pipeline. I believe with with NZR, but I, I'm I'm still the the detail of of it all is still mm. really really foggy and and what that looks like. I'm still a big believer, and I, I, I never think you should, um, you know, sell the crown jewels. And I don't understand how they have the ability to do that. And I know it's, um, you know, they're just selling part of the commercial arm. I, I get it in the fact that Silver Lake, a massive worldwide company, and they've got a lot of resource and and can hopefully open a whole lot of uh, doors to grow the commercial revenue of the All Blacks 
as a brand around the world. My my mm. my worry is, like we've seen with other competitions that Silver Lake are involved in, is that they're going to basically try to take the All Blacks and plug them into either meaningless uh, games or mean, yeah. another competition that rivals maybe like a, a Rugby World Cup or um, they water down other competitions. That's my only worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, yeah. now with with three NPC teams not being able to compete for the rest of, uh, of the of the competition, they're going to they're going to come up against some real financial struggles. Um, Sponsorship-wise, they're obviously not going to hit a lot of their um, their targets to to probably uh, maximise those sponsorship dollars. So, yeah, mm. it's going to be a real tough road for those three Auckland sides that, that aren't involved. So I think it does um, start to become more and more important um, in how that looks because obviously every provincial union gets a big fat check, but I just want to make sure that it gets spent in the right in the right places. I think the professional arm of our yep. game is in, is in a pretty good space. Um, mm. I think we have an amazing ability to, to retain a lot of our top talent. I think yep. the danger with New Zealand rugby is actually that the talent just below our top All Black talent that is on the fringe of the All Blacks, that's the talent yep. that is, is going at, is being scalped at a rate of knots and being taken overseas on, on big money deals. And I think mm. they're going to start looking at even younger now as well. So it's making sure that that money gets spent um, in, in the right places, um, helping keep those guys, uh, because those guys are actually the most important. Because, as you know, with Super Rugby teams, when uh, the All Blacks finish their season, they're on an extended break, and they normally only come back into Super Rugby franchises a week or two before the first game. Uh, these other guys that are experienced, Super Rugby campaigners are the ones that actually do the bulk of the work in pre-season to upskill all those young athletes so that they're on the right page so that um, they're growing. So I think they need to be rewarded and and those guys are the the difference in a lot of teams. Um, As as you well know, Dagger, they're the sort of the backbone of a lot of those those sides. So if they can have a bit more investment to keep those guys happy, then it keeps our talent pool really healthy as well. But also, the grassroots of the game is um, is really struggling. So I, I I'd hope that the provincial unions have some um, some some pretty uh, tough criteria that they have to spend money in in the right places so that it develops our game and and we keep and we keep kids. Well, we actually mm. want more kids playing our game because it is the numbers are dwindling um, and we want to make it fun and not just about the the elite level. Oh, mate. You're such a champion. I love it. I love it, Joe. You're so passionate about the game of rugby, and it's it's on show today, mate. But we have to. We got you on to talk Ranfilly Shield. That was great insights on Silver Lake Steel. What's going to happen? In a minute, you got a minute. What's going to happen this Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Firstly, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed. We had, a, we had a chat yesterday with, on Sky, and, and I understood that you, Smithy, and Minzbo are calling the game. Now, that is that is bias if I've ever heard it. Uh, we've got a Wellingtonian <laughs> who's going to be the main caller, and then two Lee Hawks Bay lads uh, as expert comments and sideline comments. So there's going to be no no voice of reason, so to speak. I'm neutral, uh, mate. That, You're not neutral at all. You're telling me what well, after 30, 40 odd, 50 games for the bloody Magpies, whatever you play, born and bred, that you're neutral. Yep. 
All of yeah. it's cool, but no, uh, yeah. I think I think it's going to be it's going to be a fantastic um, Manfield Shield challenge. Two teams that over the last two years, Dagger have been on the top of their games. They've set set the tone in terms of um, the quality of, of rugby in this competition. Um, we've got a team that is very very reliant on their mall and their and their set piece and, and Hawke State as well as Tasman. They they both yeah. uh, enjoy that phase of the game, so that's going to be a real battle. But it's actually probably out wide amongst those rocket ships. Uh, the young, the young talent that I think Tasman's going to have the edge, um, and I think it's going to be third time lucky. Unbelievably, the last challenge uh, for Tasman was 2012, and I remember it well. Broke my heart. Brody Barrett scored 30 or 31 points um, and sunk Tasman 49, 40 uh, up in uh, New Plymouth. So hopefully, it's third time lucky for Tasman. If it is. I'll, uh, I'll be road tripping my way up because I can imagine it'll be a hell of a doozy uh, over three days. I'd imagine they'll be flying into Christchurch, bus trip to Kaikoura, have a night with the Shield in Kaikoura, then up to Blenheim. Get out of it. Get out of it. Get out of here, Joey. Get Get your little... Finish. I'm going to break your dreams right there. I'm going to break your heart, and I'm going to let you go, mate. Thank you so much for joining us. You're very, very good at what you do. Insightful as always. Love your passion. Joey Wheeler, thank you so much. All right, we'll be back soon with some Texas and the news with Trudy very, very shortly.